Good morning, and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. This Shabbat, Jews throughout the world will be reading a double portion, two sections from the litany of Torah portions. It begins in Deuteronomy 29, verse 9, and continues through Deuteronomy 31, verse 30. The two portions are known as Nitzavim and Vayelech. And as many listeners will recognize, the Jewish calendar requires a leap month to normalize the holidays falling within their due season. When it is not a leap month, there are four extra, hol- four extra Torah portions, and they are then linked together so that four times a year we have a double Torah portion. This Torah portion, or the two Torah portions, occur- are read most often on the Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah. So I want to share with you some thoughts about why these Torah portions have been uh, chosen or what their connection is to the Jewish New Year and some other thoughts about this week's parasha. The first parasha to be read this week is entitled Nitzavim. And it includes some of the most fundamental principles of the Jewish faith. The unity of Israel. The Torah portion says, and I quote, You stand today, all of you, before the Lord your God, your heads, your tribes, your elders, your officers, and every Israelite person, your young ones, your wives, the stranger in your gate, from your wood hewer to your water drawer. Call Yisrael Arivim Zebazet. All Israel is responsible for one another. The Torah tells us this Torah portion speaks of the unity of Israel. The Torah portion also speaks of a future redemption. Moses warns of the exile and desolation of the land that will result if Israel abandons God's laws. But then he prophesizes in the words of the Torah, you will return to the Lord your God. If your outcast shall be at the ends of the heavens, from there will God gather you and bring you to the land which your fathers have possessed. Certainly some people, both Christians and Jews, have read this section of Deuteronomy in a literal sense, and some have read it in a more figurative manner, a metaphorical manner. This Torah portion also speaks about the practicality of Torah. Again, I quote from the text, For the mitzvah which I command you today is not beyond you, nor is it remote from you. It is not in heaven. It is not across the sea. Rather, it is very close to you, in your mouth, in your heart, 
And then the Torah says, uh, you may do it. Torah is about action. It's not something far beyond you. And finally, in this week's Torah portion entitled Nitzavim, we read, I have set before you life and goodness, death and evil, in that I command you this day to love God, to walk in his ways and to keep God's commandments. Life and death have I set before you, blessing and curse, and you shall choose life. The ultimate statement of freedom of choice. The Torah part portion hearkens to all Jews to consider that there are choices before them, choices that have significant impact on their life, but the choices are their own. The second Torah portion, entitled Vayelech, which translates as he went, is a more narrative portion. It recounts the events of Moses' last day of earthly life. Moses says to the people, I am 120 years old today, and I can no longer go forth and come in, referring, of course, to the promised land. In this week's reading, he transfers the leadership to Joshua and writes, or concludes writing, depending on how you understand the text, the Torah in a scroll, which he entrusts to the Levites for safekeeping in the Ark of the Covenant. After the narrative, the Torah offers the mitzvah of Hakal, the gathering. Every seven years during the festival of Sukkot, in the first year of the Shemitah cycle, that's the Jubilee cycle, the entire people of Israel, men, women, and children, should gather at the holy temple in Jerusalem where the king should read to them from the Torah scroll. Vikael Vielech concludes with the prediction that the people of Israel will turn away from their covenant of God, causing God to hide his face from them, but also with the promise that the words of Torah shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their descendants. So these two Torah portions, very different in content, but very powerful, are read the Shabbat more often than not, read the Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah. So let me share with you some thoughts about that. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Ha'idati bachem hayom et hashamayim ve'et ha'aretz ha'chayim v'hamevet natati lefanecha habracha v'hakalkala u'vacharta b'chayim l'ma'an tihietem azarecha. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day. I have put before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. As I've already indicated, Nitzavim is always read on the Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah. The sages, the ancient sages, carefully calibrated the calendar so that we would always be hearing these words to prime us for the upcoming new year. It is Moses' final oration, though 
there is an epic poem and blessing which will follow. And it ends with a stirring call that has come to define the Jewish character, and especially this season of the Jewish year, to choose life. Moses' words are so timeless that it often feels as if he's delivering them in our synagogues this very Shabbat. Moses himself makes clear that he is speaking across the generation, addressing every single individual from the leaders to the woodchoppers, men, women, and children, and even those who are not yet present to hear him. In this week's parasha, he calls upon the Israelites to do tshuva, to return to God, to return to our people, to our land. The Torah portion puts in his mouth the claim to open up our hearts to the source of love and life with all our heart and with all our soul, Deuteronomy 36. He insists that this change of heart is possible and that we do not need intermediaries to accomplish it. 30, chapter 30, verses 11 through 15. Surely this teaching which I adjoin upon you this day is not too baffling for you, nor is it beyond reach. It is not in the heavens that you should say, who among us can go to the heavens and get it for us and impart it to us that we may do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, who among us can cross to the other side of the sea and get it for us and impart it to us that we may do it. Know this thing, Torah is very close to you in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I set before you this day life and goodness, death and evil. Moses, through these words, asserts that we are capable of change. Moses insists that we are capable of opening our hearts, of choosing life and goodness no matter how far we have strayed from our goal. Exodus 30, verse 4. Even if you are scattered to the ends of the world, from there God will gather you and bring you back. As I mentioned, some see this as an issue of redemption, but others see it more metaphorically about returning to a path that we have left. Moses is being the ultimate spiritual teacher here at the end of his life. He is telling us that our self-limiting beliefs are keeping us from fulfilling a, a complete participation in the unfolding of creation. It is not in heaven or across the sea. It is close to you on your lips and in your heart. You can do it. You can almost feel Moses' sense of urgency as he exhorts us, his chosen people, to enter the promised land, the land of human fulfillment. We have a noble task to perform to expand our sense of possibilities. We are to do tshuva, repentance, and align our beliefs about ourselves with our true and magnificent potential as individuals. We are to choose life and aliveness so that, as Moses says, we and our descendants may live long life upon the earth and that the God has created for us. This is, of course, the message of the Jewish New Year. We aim to give up our acquired habit of powerlessness, the idea that we cannot change and at trembling at times crack open the door or the window again to new possibilities and let the breeze rush into our closed room. 
We aim to open our hearts, even if that means opening ourselves to uncertainty and even pain. We aim to come home to ourselves, to our community, to life and aliveness from wherever we have wandered or felt exiled. It is powerful that Moses calls heaven and earth to witness at this moment, as if to say, we, God's people, we, the individual, are not separate from creation. The whole world is watching, as it were, waiting for us to fill our destiny. The life energy that animates all of creation animates us. One day, that energy will carry each of us out of our individuality and our essence will rejoin and mingle with the earth and sky. That will be the day of our death. But now Moses asks heaven and earth to witness us, each of us empowered to be a conduit for love, righteousness, courage, and transformation. The message for Rosh Hashanah, as it is for the Torah portion, is that we matter. The Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidism, taught that divine sparks are hidden and trapped throughout creation, waiting to be liberated, and that every single person has their own unique set of divine sparks waiting for them to reveal and uplift. No one else can fulfill the noble task of being you. As Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, the preeminent poet theologian of our times taught, the challenge I face is how to actualize the quiet eminence of my being. Yet it is a challenging time. We can list the many reasons to despair. Then when again, have times not been challenging for the Jewish people or for humanity in general? No matter, Moses says, the potential for change is still in our hands. And Moses has an audience for the words of change in the new year. I have put before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. It is a powerful message for the Jewish new year. I want to turn to a slightly different message of the Torah portion, but it relates to the observance of Rosh Hashanah as it's practiced in the Jewish world today. Many of you are aware that the Jewish New Year begins a month of observance known as the Holy Days. And during that time, always to take place in the fall, the summer ends and the community, the Jewish community, comes together. They come together to pray and to reconnect to their covenantal connection with God. This Torah portion is the invitation for the entirety of the community to rediscover their connection. The Torah portion seems to teach that the timeless nature of the covenantal moment includes all who come to stand at Sinai in every generation 
withstanding at Sinai, meaning not the physical presence at the mountain, but meaning embracing the spirit of Torah and embracing a place among the community of Israel. The Jewish mystical text, the Zohar, understands this timeless sense of standing at Sinai as an ongoing celebration of the unity the people experienced at that historic moment in time. The sense of solidarity was so powerful that it empowered the people to see and understand more of the divine mystery than even the prophet Ezekiel perceived in his vision. The Zohar continues by saying that the meaning of the word day in this week's Torah portion, you stand this day, all of you before the Lord your God, Deuteronomy 29.9, refers to the first day of Rosh Hashanah. It is one of the few days when much of the Jewish world actually stands together, so to speak and reconfirms its collective commitment to the ancient covenant. It is a powerful moment at the end of summer where individuals have gone off and experienced the beauty of the outdoor to see the community come together. Paradoxically, it is also the moment when the question of our unity and solidarity is most suspect. So many variations, so many expectations, so many different styles, as well as souls packed into many different disparate houses of worship. So many different synagogues and approaches to prayer. It must be clear to everyone that the goal of unity appears to be elusive, or maybe just mythical. So as the new year begins, we are called upon to hear this clarion call to stand before God. Now, of course, these words, you stand this day, all of you, before the eternal, your God, your tribal head, is not simply referring to Rosh Hashanah, the rhetorical power of this theme is understood to remind it that the covenant made between the Israelites and God was made for all, that we made this covenant hayom today, evoking a sense of urgency. And the covenant extends beyond those who were at Sinai to include those, as it says in Exodus, who are not with us this day, making the covenant timeless. The text message is not simply about the unity of the Jewish people, but the diversity of the covenant. You stand this day, all of you. And one could interpret that, of course, as regardless of race, sexual, gender, identity, nationality, class, age, or place of birth. All of you 
regardless of your specific identity, can affirm and fulfill the covenant of the Jewish people with the holy source of blessing. The text also teaches an important lesson that is also forgotten in these days. Our actions have consequences. As partners with the divine, our choices can help bring about blessing and prosperity, or it can lead us down the path of idolatry. We have the power to choose, and choose we might. The two Torah portions which I'm speaking about today remind us that even great lives ultimately come to an end. Moses acknowledges that not only will he soon die, but also that he himself will not cross the Jordan into the promised land. He publicly acknowledges Joshua as his successor and blesses him with courage in guiding the people through the next phase of the journey. The final speech of Moses is quite powerful. Every seventh year, the year set for remission of debts, at the Feast of Booths, when all Israel comes to appear for the eternal your God, you shall read this Torah aloud in the presence of all Israel, that they may hear and learn. The rhetorical mon momentum of this final speech impacts and amplifies it. The richness of its ideas contribute to its lasting legacy. It may not come as a surprise then that liberal Jews read from Nitzavim not only on the Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah, but also on this most sacred day of the year, Yom Kippur. The themes and metaphors of Yom Kippur are rich and varied, a day of fasting and introspection. Yom Kippur reminds us to do tshuva, to return to the best of ourselves and our covenant with the divine before it's too late. As we rehearse for our own death, our mortality beckons us to choose life and to acknowledge it as a blessing and a miracle. As we face the day of judgment, we are reminded that this day, Hayom, must be a day to change our lives, continue the work of tshuva for ourselves and tikkun olam. There is a uh, song entitled When I'm Gone by the 1960s folk singer Phil Oaks, which frames our mortality in a similar way. Let me quote for you. There is no place in this world where I belong when I'm gone. I won't know the right from the wrong when I'm gone. And you won't sing, find me singing on this song when I'm gone. So I guess I'll have to do it all while I'm here. I won't feel the flowing of the time when I'm gone. The pleasures of love will not be mine when I'm gone. My pen won't pour out a lyric line when I'm gone. So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here. I won't be laughing at the lies when I'm gone. I can't question how or when or why when I'm gone. Can't live proud enough to die when I'm gone, so I guess I'll have to do it 
while I'm here. The message of Nitzavim and Vayelech is that we are called upon to stand each day upon our own two feet and actualize the powerful messages of the Jewish faith that God is one. That God includes in the covenant all. That there is redemption. That Torah is accessible in this place at this time. And that we have freedom of choice about our behaviors as long as we acknowledge that our behaviors have consequences. It is a powerful introduction to the season of reflection known as the holy days. It is a powerful reminder that Jewish history is part and parcel of our present and our future. You stand, all of you, this day before the Lord your God, those who stood at Sinai and those who stand before Sinai and after. For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. You can find a podcast of this morning's show on iTunes or on the chri.ca website. Shalom and have a good day. Shalom, 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 Shalom,